You are listening to the official podcast of the Mission Redlands. We are a growing community living out God's radical love. We're going to be talking a little bit about the will of God today. And um, we've specifically been in a series for a while now called Making Space. And uh, this series is something that we had something else planned for that, that was going to be like eight or nine weeks, and the Lord just laid something on my heart, and I just was like, we, we've got to set this plan aside and go after this right now. And it was like the week we were supposed to start or something, and so... Um, and so uh, we've been in this, this thing of, of making space, and we've talked about, we've covered a lot of ground. One of the first things we talked about was making space uh, for silence with God, making space to listen to God rather than just be in a relationship with God where it's you talking all the time, right? Like, who has that friend, right, that you can't get a word in edgewise, you know, you love them, but holy cow, you, you can't get in there, you know, and, and uh, don't be that friend to God. That's all I'm saying, you know, like, <laughs> let, God, let God get a word in, you know, and, and we've talked about, you know, making space for, to listen. We talked about uh, making space to be fed and encouraged and strengthened by the word of God. We've talked about uh, making space um, to experience God in painful places where he's where you're going through something painful and the Lord wants to meet you there and and so last week Ricardo kicked off the series uh, like a, it's kind of like a sub series within the series I guess um, but we're, 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 we're talking specifically last week this week and, and and next week about making space for prayer making space for prayer and that can be a confusing thing to say because lots of when we when we say prayer prayer uh ten, people tend to think about specifically talking to God and telling him you know asking him for what they want basically like what they want him to do what they need in their life for his provision you know but prayer is so much bigger than that and in many ways a lot of what we've talked about through this series, it encompasses prayer, like silent, times of silence and just listening to God and being like um, together with God in the moment and just like being silent, like that's, that's a piece of prayer. It's almost like prayer is not just like a, a single tool that we use, but it's like a toolbox, right? There's all kinds of different things. There's all kinds of different facets of, of prayer, you know, and, um, you know, we, it's like, it's so much more than just asking God for things, you know, it, it's, it, uh, so the next couple of weeks, we're going to be taking a deeper look at prayer, making, potentially making space for prayer in our lives, and Ricardo kicked it off last week with um, and we're and we're using the Lord's Prayer as a as a template for this little sub series and and uh, I mean after all Jesus that's how the Lord's Prayer is what Jesus taught his disciples how to pray right and so like I mean I think that's probably a good 
place to start. There's, you know, if Jesus, if that's what Jesus taught his disciples, that's probably a good place to start with the Lord's Prayer. And, and after all, like, think about it. Think about it for a moment. Jesus taught his disciples so many things, like so many things. If you read through the Gospels, Jesus was continually teaching his, his disciples, but, but to my knowledge, the disciples only specifically asked him to teach them one thing in the course of the Gospels. There was only one time where the disciples said, Jesus, teach us. And, it, and it's Luke 11, 1. One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. So the disciples see this in Jesus' life. They see him going to prayer, right? They see him. He was praying in a certain place. And when he had finished, that was nice of them to let him finish. Because lots of times when I'm praying, like in the morning or something like that, like the, the dog or, you know, the kids or whatever, they all come in. And it's nice that the disciples let him finish. Like, that's just... <laughs> Just a thought, but um, when <laughs> Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of the disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. If prayer is the one thing that the disciples saw that was so vital to the life of Jesus that they worked up the guts to ask him about it, what does that say about the importance of prayer? What does that say today about the power of prayer, right? Like, we've started to break down the Lord's Prayer, and uh, as it's written in Matthew 6, uh, beginning at verse 9, but let's refresh our memories and just, just uh, read this little passage together, six through nine, or uh, Matthew, let's see, what? Yeah, Matthew six, nine through 13. I think we have it on the screen here. Yeah, so um, this then is how you should pray. Let's read this together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. So that, that is the Lord's Prayer. Like There are some other versions of it. Some of the wording changes between translations. There's an ending to that verse and some of the translations that we didn't read um, that I personally grew up with, that was, that was the part that I memorized, you know, uh, to, to the, um, uh, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever, amen. That, that was, I, I, I still to this day, like, don't feel like I'm done until I've prayed that part, you know, but but because that's what I grew up with. But that part was actually added way, way later in the other translations. And and so anyways, just a little tidbit. But um, last week, Ricardo, like, I'm not joking, like, 
I was kind of scared to preach this week because Ricardo like brought the house down last week teaching the first line of the Lord's Prayer. Like that it was not something I wanted to follow. And uh, he said, you know, uh, the first line, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. This line sets the tone for everything, right? Because it's all about praising and, and worshiping in a fancier Word for worship that I personally like is adoration, um, because it, it, it just simply put is praising God for no other reason than he's God, right? Adoration is praising God for no other reason other than he's God and I'm not, right? And uh, not like, not that we, not to... <laughs> Uh, not that we don't get anything in return from God or anything like that, but, but because we adore him, like we're not going to him to praise or, or give him adoration because we're trying to get something from him, but, but exclusively because he is God, right? Because we adore him. And, and, and that, that's what it means to hollow the name of the Lord, hollow the name of the Lord. And, um, and, and I'm not going to get too deep into that because, like I said, Ricardo did a way better job than I could. So, um, But if you missed it last week, I highly encourage you to go back and check it out on the live stream or the podcast because it was a phenomenal word. Um, so what comes next? Um, our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, will be done on earth as it is in heaven, right? Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And there are a lot of ways, there are several different ways that you could approach this line, uh, but I felt very early on that the Lord gave me a specific word for this morning. And the first thing that jumped to my mind when I was reading the phrase, your kingdom come, your will be done, is alignment, alignment. That is the word that, that the Lord gave me for this, this line of the prayer. Uh, like who, who's, who's had to have their car aligned, right? How does your car drive when it's not aligned, not so hot, right? You're doing this a lot, right? It's bumpy. I don't know why. I don't know. Stop it. Um, but alignment was the first thing that the Lord brought to mind. And, and, we, and with that line, I am asking God to align my heart and desires with his. With his. Align my heart and desires with his. I'm letting God know that even though I have things I want to ask him, which is totally okay, by the way. God wants us to come and ask him for our heart's desire and and, and, but, but before all that, most of all, I want him to have, before I have my way, I want him to know that I want him to have his way first. Like, I want to be in alignment with his will, his way, his kingdom, right? And because I recognize that God is God and I'm not, I want his will first, Right? I want my will to be in alignment with his will. So if adoration is where we should start in prayer, I think alignment 
with God's will and purpose is a beautiful next step. Right? But not always an easy one to live out. Right? It's really not. Ask Jonah. Um, Especially when we don't understand what God is up to. See, there's a big misconception out there, and I said it already, that, there, that, that prayer is just the time we spend asking God for things that we want, for ways that we want him to move, for provision. But prayer is so much more when we pause to recognize who we are praying to it can change the course of our desires and the things that we want to pray about. When we are in alignment, it can change our desires and it can affect what we actually want to bring before the Lord in prayer. In my early prayer life, I spent a lot of time just trying to get God to co-sign on my will, right? I spent a lot of time just trying to get God to co-sign to, to whatever I wanted. Lord, I really need a custom shop Gibson Les Paul. Lord, please, right? I, I'm a worship leader. Come on. I need to rock, right? Uh, that was my, I mean, I'm not joking. Like, I mean, it sounds silly. I didn't really pray about that, but I prayed about some silly things in retrospect, you know, and, and like, I'm, tr- I, I'm trying to get God to co-sign on what I want rather than what he wants. And that's exactly what Adam and Eve did, right? God's will was that they didn't eat the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, Right? But they said, not your will, Lord, but my will be done. Right? I'm going to eat that fruit. And if we're honest, which I really, you know, people tell me all the time that they love this family because it feels honest, it feels vulnerable, it feels real. And if we're honest, there's still a lot of that trying to get God to co-sign on our agenda in the American church today. Not so much, like, I don't see it too much in our church, but I do see it out there a lot, especially on the social medias and all that kind of, you know, stuff. And God, I want you to co-sign on what I think is best rather than your will. And And not that God doesn't want us to ask for our desires in prayer. He does. The point is when we align ourselves with God first, sometimes our desires change, right? Sometimes our desires change because our perspective changes, because God affects our perspective. And the things that we take to God in prayer change because we are in alignment with him first. As we grow closer to God, he desire, his desires become our desires, and we, want, and we want what he wants more naturally the closer we get to God because we are in alignment with him. We have oriented ourselves to him as our true north, right? Years ago, 
many, many, many years ago, back in 2016, um, <laughs> I had the opportunity to have an adventure by myself. Who's ever gone on a long solo adventure, right? Yeah. I, 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 I love that stuff, but, um, but I drove an old Dodge truck. I had the opportunity to drive an old Dodge truck from Oklahoma back to Southern California by myself over several days, and, and, I, and it was just so fun. Personally, I love to drive. Like um, uh, Lots of times I feel really close to God when I'm driving, and I don't know if it's just something about there's something in my hands, you know, that I'm doing that I don't have to think too much about, you know, um, and, and just, I don't know, for me, driving is, is, is one of the places that I feel closest to God when I'm on a long drive, and I drove this old Dodge truck from Oklahoma to Southern California, and I made it a few stops along the way. And uh, one of them was a quick trip to the Grand Canyon, like maybe a couple hours. And, um, and so, I, uh, so this is the Grand Canyon, in case you don't know what it is and you've lived under a rock, literally. Um, <laughs> this is the Grand Canyon. I didn't take this picture, but I did take this next picture. Um, and, uh, yep, very beautiful. Who's been to the Grand Canyon? Okay, yeah, lots of hands, hands all over the room. I see those hands. Um, uh, <laughs> Go ahead and go to the next one, James. So that's me uh, taking a you know selfie to say, hey, look where I am um, to all you people. Um, <laughs> but uh, when I went to the Grand Canyon, I was I, I had never been there before. This was my very first time, and it's like you're it's like you're in this parking lot. A moose walked by me. That was weird, um, <laughs> and and like I I, I like walked like not that far from the parking lot and then you're just like looking straight down right and it's disorienting how big how deep how like just there it is right like it's just there right and and i i mean i it, i was i was like like when i walked over there and kind of just like looked and i was like like i had to take a few steps back once I realized that, like, oh, yeah, it's, like, right there. Um, somebody's alarm is going off. <laughs> That's okay. No worries. No worries. Um, but, like, here's the thing. Here's the point of why I bring up the Grand Canyon is the Grand Canyon is enormous, right? Like, it just goes on. It's so deep. It's so disorienting, like, when you first see it for the first time because it's just so vast, and you just immediately feel small. You just immediately feel small. And, uh, like, when I approached the Grand Canyon, I didn't expect the Grand Canyon to orient itself to me, right? I didn't expect the Grand Canyon, make way, Grand Canyon, I'm coming through now, right? Like, clear the path, right? Like, I didn't, I didn't expect the Grand Canyon to orient itself to me, it, that it would somehow bend its will or bend itself to my safety no matter what I did or how careless I was. Like, I, no joke, I saw crazy people over the ropes, out on the ledges, like 
far out there, I was just like stressed for all of them. <laughs> like, I just like the dad in me was just like ready to like grab them by the ear and say like, what are you, th-? we're not allowed to do that, but you know, grab them by the ear and say like, what are you thinking? Get back over here on the rope, you know, like, uh, but like, I didn't expect the Grand Canyon would orient itself to me. Like, look, here, here, this is, this is me. This is me. Uh, and it probably, no joke, probably took me 10 minutes to inch my way that close. <laughs> because I felt small next to the Grand Canyon. I wanted to take that cool picture. I wanted to show people, yeah, look, my feet are out there. But I was scared to death, <laughs> right? That some, uh, like that, the, the Grand Canyon is not going to bend its will and way to me, no matter how careless I am. No, I approach, I approach the Grand Canyon with respect, and I aligned myself with the Grand Canyon's will for me. Like, yeah, you approach the corner slow, the edge slowly. Because, you know, there's a very steep ledge right there. You know, I didn't run right up to the edge thinking nothing would happen. No, I slowly approached knowing that the Grand Canyon is so big that my falling wouldn't even be a blip on the Grand Canyon's radar. Right? I changed my ways, the way I navigated to align myself with it being in front of me. Right? My desires and my positions changed just by being near to it, right? And here's the thing, is is God does want your safety. God loves you as a child. You are a child of God. I feel like some of the most vicious lies of the enemy tear down our identity. They go after our identity. I want you to hear today that you are a beloved child of God. Of God and God does want your safety and He does want you to have what you need and your provision and your like He He does, right? But how we approach God matters. It matters, right? And so when we say your kingdom come, your will be done, we approach God with 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 respect and alignment of of knowing that he's God. We can get so focused on what what we want to ask. We can get microscopic in our lives, right? But when when we begin to approach God in adoration and then say to him, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, we align ourselves with God's will, and it changes us, right? By pausing before God and then lifting my voice in worship and adoration to him and recognizing who he is and aligning myself to his kingdom and his will, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Yeah, I've got some things I want to pray about, and I've got people in my life who I, I want to know you. I, I, I've got some, some concerns of some things that I need, but I want you to know, first and foremost, I want your will in my life. 
Hebrews 12, verses 1, and 1 through 3 say this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. See, aligning ourselves with God's will is about trusting him for our provision and trusting that he knows beyond, he, he knows a level of our need beyond what we can comprehend, right? And Jesus came to the earth It was God's will that Jesus would come to the earth, right? His only son, right? And when Jesus came to the earth, Jesus was fully man and fully God. So he experienced every feeling that we experience and say, and so when we say your kingdom come, your will be done, it's really tempting to be like, but here's what I really want in this situation, and I would love it if you would do it this way, right? I would love it if it would play out in this way, right? And that's okay. I think we have to look to the author and perfecter of our faith, Jesus, how he handled these situations, and we can find that in Matthew 26, in the Garden of Gethsemane. This may be a little, easy, a little early for this in the season of Lent, but this is where the Lord took me, and I'm just like following the Lord's leading this morning. In Matthew 26, beginning at verse 36, where is Jesus? He's in, the, he's in Gethsemane, right? And uh, he, he knows what's coming for him. And... What does, he, what does he do? Does he hit the liquid courage? Does he go shopping for some things to fulfill uh, that void or something? No. Where does he go? He goes to prayer. And not only does he go to prayer, but he takes his three, which we talked about in this series already, he, he takes three of his disciples with him, not the, all the 12, but he takes the three and he says, keep watch with me. Keep watch with me in prayer. Verse 36, then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane and he said to them, sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him. And he began to be sorrowful and troubled. I, I love that passage. He began to be sorrowful and troubled. Jesus, right? 
He felt everything we feel. Then he said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. If you're in a difficult position right now, if you're in a troubled season right now, I want to invite you to ask your three to keep watch with you. If you don't have a three, find a one. Find a two. Find a three. I don't know, but ask someone to keep watch with you. Open up about the season you're in and say, I'm not doing so hot right now. My soul is full of sorrow right now, and I need, I need to go to prayer, and I need you to keep watch with me. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little further, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, My father, if it is possible... May this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Father, I know what's about to happen right now, and I really would love to avoid it if possible. But I also know that your will is so much greater than this painful present moment. And so I submit myself, I align myself to your will. Your kingdom come, your will be done. If Jesus had a moment like that, do you think you and I will have a moment like that as well? Maybe more than one? Yes, we will. And so as the band begins to come back, I just want to invite you today to take this next step in the Lord's prayer of aligning yourself with the Lord's kingdom and aligning yourself with the Lord's will. You may not know what the Lord's will is for your life. But if you petition him in prayer, he will reveal it. He will reveal it. If you petition him and are patient, he will reveal it. But he doesn't always tell us why. He does not always tell us why. And sometimes that's hard. But it goes back to recognizing that the moment that we're in, this painful moment, like Jesus is in a painful moment. He's going to go to the cross and be beaten unrecognizable. But his resurrection through the cross has made the way for each of us to be in right relationship with the Father. And I want to be aligned in that way. I want to reflect 
Jesus in this moment when, when, when I'm going through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. And I want your kingdom to come and your will to be done in me on earth as it is in heaven. So I want to challenge you guys today. Spend some time this week pondering that second line of the Lord's Prayer in Matthew. Your kingdom come, your will be done. What does it look like for me to align myself in my life, in the life that the Lord has given me, to align myself with his kingdom and for his will to come. Let's pray. Father God, God, I just, uh, Lord, I thank you for this word. I thank you, Lord, um, for this beautiful family that you've given us. Jesus, have your way in our lives as individual believers, Lord, and as a family, as a city, and as a nation. Your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Father, we love you. Pray, Lord, that in personal, quiet moments with you, Lord, that you would reveal yourself in powerful ways. Lord, I believe that you want to reveal yourself to people in this room right now. Lord, I I believe that your perspective, Lord, is so much greater than ours, Lord. I just want to declare that, Lord. Like, I I get down with a microscope into my life, but when I look at you, you allow me to use a telescope to see the deep wonders of you. The perspective that is so much further beyond what I can see. And so, Lord, I want to be aligned with that in my life. I pray for my brothers and sisters that, Lord, that that they would find moments with you this week and begin to evaluate where they can let your kingdom come and your will be done in their lives. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said, amen, amen. Thank you guys. You are listening to the official podcast of The Mission Redlands. For more information, visit us at themissionredlands.com.